everyone, and welcome to episode 535 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm tired. Our director is out this week, and everyone deserves a break, but it's a hectic week for him to be out. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. It is making the week fly by, that is for certain. So, um, yeah. Uh, guys, today we're going to to do one of our professional book nerds reading challenge challenges <laughs> tasks um a few people have asked for help on this which is interesting because i didn't think this would be the one that was super challenging but i guess i guess it makes sense um we're gonna do i'll uh, see what you're gonna say because we're gonna we're gonna do 2020 debuts but you were gonna you had a thought it looked like oh i mean i feel like i don't think it's that surprising because there were obviously a lot of things happening last year mm-hmm. so articles about finding debuts probably not high on a lot of priority lists <laughs> yeah that's totally fair so there um yeah so we're gonna do um we're gonna highlight a bunch of 2020 debut novels that we might have talked about a little bit last year or some of them we might not have but um yeah it, 2020 obviously is a hard year for everyone um it was also a really hard year for debut authors they didn't get to go out in the world and do any book tours or events or you know like library meet and greets or anything that they would do they were really they all had to rely on social media and all of that jazz um there's actually a website before i forgot i discovered it yesterday um it's the numbers 2020 debuts.com did you see that i did yeah Yeah. um so if you guys go to 2020 and i'll put a link in there if you want to like but um it they are a collective of traditionally published authors um debuting their first book in 2020 it looks like there was a lot of really good like romance and um a lot of cool stuff on there but that's just another uh if you're looking for some additional ones outside of what we're going to talk about because a ton of good books by debut authors came out last year so pick and choose read more than one of these read as many as you think are great um how can people get a hold of us if they're like those books weren't for me i want more suggestions jill and adam um, they can go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com. We are on social, um, on Twitter and Instagram at probooknerds, and you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Yes, you can. Also, um, before I forget, just because it literally, um, just happened as we speak, uh, if you're a Libby user, Libby got a beautiful facelift, um, facelift is the wrong. I, people say that for apps. Um, it got a new update and it's crazy different and it's awesome but it is a little bit different uh if you if you go to the libby by overdrive twitter handle there's a really cool thread of all sorts of um the changes so and we'll have a blog as well that i can also link to in this that'll be up by the time this goes yes. up. yeah because today's wednesday um, today's wednesday <clears throat> so lots of changes going on and all good things but um okay let's do let's look into the past let's Let's talk about some 2020 debuts. Guys, we I did a 8 a.m. author interview today, and I feel very like weird because that's an early time to talk to someone. So I'm gonna be a little bit strange today. But uh, do you want to start us off? Sure. I will start with Last Tang Standing by Lauren Ho. So this is Crazy Rich Asians meets Bridget Jones's Diary. So I'm totally already in. So this is about um, Andrea. She's 33 and she has a successful career as a lawyer, a posh condo and a clutch of fun loving friends who are always in the know about Singapore's hottest clubs. All she has to do is make law partner and her life will be perfect. 
And if she's about to become the lone unmarried member of her generation in the Tang clan, a disappointment her meddling Chinese Malaysian family won't let her forget. Well, she doesn't need a man to complete her. Yet when she encounter yet when a chance encounter with charming, wealthy entrepreneur Eric Dang offers her a glimpse of an exciting, limitless future, Andrea decides to give Mr. Right for her family a chance. Too bad her office rival and the last man her family would approve of keeps throwing a wrench in her plans. Now, Andrea can't help but wonder, in the endless tug of war between pleasing others and pleasing herself, is there room for everyone to win? And that just sounds lovely. Absolutely. Uh, my first one is uh, Memorial by Brian Washington. I know I talked, I think I talked about this actually at the beginning of this year, just because I happened to read it in January. Um, but I still just think everyone should know about this book because it is exceptional. Um, there are these two young men, Benson and Mike, they are living together in Houston. Um, they're in a relationship. Mike is a Japanese American chef at a Mexican restaurant and Benson is a black daycare teacher. Uh, they've been together for a few years, but they're not super sure why they're still a couple. They're just kind of living together because it's convenient. Um, and what ends up happening is Mike finds out that his estranged father is dying back in Osaka, where he's from. And um, his mother, who's, who's also Japanese, her name is Mitsuku, uh, Mitsuko, she arrives in Texas, like right around that same time for a visit. And Mike is like, I need to go be with my father. I need to reconnect with him. Um, and I need to, you know, before it's too late. So he goes to basically like live with his father for a while and reconnect with his dad, who he had no, not much of a relationship with, but his mother had just gotten there. So Mitsuko basically just lives with Benson. Um, I, it's the, it's the odd couple in the, like the truest sense of the word. And they have this like unconventional, obviously friendship and their, their roommates. And it's just, um, really interesting. So you get both sides of the story. You get Benson having this strange relationship with his boyfriend's mother, who he's not sure he wants to continue dating. And then you have Mike trying to, um, better understand his father's life and everything over in Japan and you get both sides of it. And then you kind of, they come back and, uh, at near the end and it, you know, comes to a head, but just a really interesting, really unique story, um, with really interesting relationships. So that's Memorial by Brian Washington. My next one is Godshot by Chelsea Beaker. I think I talked about this in our March 2020 episode. Um, so this is about a 14-year-old named Lacey. She lives with her alcoholic mother um, in the town of Peaches, California, which was once an agricultural paradise, but it has now um, been in a drought and it's an environmental disaster. So in their desperation, the residents have turned to a cult leader named Pastor Vern for guidance. He promises through secret assignments to bring the rain everybody is praying for. Lacey has no reason to doubt the pastor, but then her life explodes in a single unimaginable act of abandonment. Mother, exiled from the community for her sins, leaves Lacey and runs off with a man she barely knows. So Lacey she's abandoned. She's distraught. She moves in with her grandma, Cherry. Um, and as Lacey sort of starts to realize, um, the full extent of Pastor Vern's, uh, plan to bring fertility back to the land, she decides she has to go on a quest to find her mother, no matter what it takes. And this got so many good reviews. The cover is just like very sparkly gold. It's just mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, and it's, yeah, 
just so good. Yeah. So good. Uh, my next one is Followers by Megan Angelo. Um, I definitely talked about this last year, I think at the beginning of the year, um, but it is, it stuck with me. It's a, yeah, it came out in January of last year. Um, it is a, a, a look at kind of how we're all, and by we, I mean just society in general, I'm very obsessed with like famous people on Instagram and Twitter who we'll probably never meet. Um, but what we really end up craving is kind of genuine human connection, which was very foretelling when this came out in January of last year. And when we all spent then a year not having any human connection with people in person. Um, but what it is, is the story of three different people. There's Orla and Floss, which is kind of during the modern day, like present day. And, um, they sort of end up, they come up with this plan to launch, um, themselves into like this high profile lives that they dream about and that they're obsessed with um and in a little bit shady ways and there's a second timeline that it jumps back and forth to which is 35 years into the future um there's this like closed off california village where government appointed celebrities live like literally every moment of their day on camera and the character we followed there his name is marlo and marlo has 12 million followers and what marlo actually wants though is to like not be a part of this weird corporate celebrity lifestyle um she ends up learning about her whole family history and um how she's connected to orla and floss and their stories kind of wind together but it's just a really interesting take on um how what a lot of people have talked about online were like the things you see on instagram are either the high point of specific people's days and lives or they're completely fabricated just to make you think that they're living a certain way and, and all this stuff. So it's very interesting and it's really, it's a little bit dark and it's a little bit funny and it's uh, yeah, it's really, really good. So that's followers by Megan Angelo. That sounds really good. I just put it on hold. I think you'll like uh, it. It's, it's, it's pretty good. My next one is how to fail at flirting by Denise Williams. Okay. This, uh, this is just like, so so fun. Okay. So, um, this is about Naya. She is a, uh, a professor and her flailing department lands on the university's chopping block and her friends decide that she needs a night out to shed her frumpy cardigan. That is from the <laughs> description, but that gives you a good idea of what Naya is like shred her, um, shed her frumpy cardigan and just like go out and have fun and just deal with all this. And while they're out, she meets a charming stranger in town on business. And he presents the perfect opportunity to check off the items on her list, which is let a guy buy her a drink, try something new, and then have a no strings attached hookup. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. So Jake makes her laugh and challenges Naya to rebuild her confidence, which was left toppled by her abusive ex-boyfriend. Soon she's flirting with a chance of a more serious romantic relationship. The problem is the complicated strings around her jading Jake might destroy her career. So she has two options. She can protect her professional re reputation and return to her old life, or she can flirt with the unknown and stay with the person who makes her feel like she's finally living again. Um, yes, please. All that is just wonderful. Mm -hmm. You are, um, without realizing it on our podcast, like turning me into a romance reader because every book that you my job uh, is done. talk about, my job is done. <laughs> like every book you talk about, I'm like, oh man, that sounds so delightful. Um, my next one is, is not delightful. And it's a book that I know, I believe we both read 
but I want the world to know about it because I want Stephanie to. I know where this is going. Yeah. yeah, it's Darling Rose Gold by Stephanie Robel. Holy shit. Um, listen, she was on the podcast last, I think, March. I think I actually interviewed her at ALA, the last place I traveled to now, um, like 15 months ago or whatever. Darling Rose Gold. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, it's a story about a mother and a daughter. And for the first 18 years of her life, Rose Gold Watts, um, she thought she was ill. She thought she was really, really sick. But um, basically her mom, it's a story of Munchausen by proxy. Is that the, like, that's the correct? Yes, that is the correct term. Yeah. So her mother kept her sick um, so that she could keep caring for her. And then people end up finding out. And Patty, who is her mom, goes to jail for five years. And after she gets out and she's like, I have nowhere to go. So she goes to live with her daughter. And everyone's shocked when Rose Gold says yes. And what unfolds is this story of the two of them. Like you find out what her mom did to her, but you also find out what uh, Rose Gold is doing to kind of like, I guess, survive. And uh, here's the thing. I ended up hating everybody in this book in the best way possible. That's the best way I can describe it. I was furious, but like loving the feeling of being furious during this. And the funny thing is, Stephanie Robel couldn't be a more polite, sweet person, which is what I have found over our years to do this podcast. Those people, the most normally well-adjusted ones are the ones who are the darkest stuff um, because they get all of their creepiness out on the page. Darling Rose Goat is so freaking good. And I, I, I know we talked about it a few times, but I don't care. People need to be reading this book if you haven't yet. Uh, so good. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> um okay my next one is after elias by eddie battle tan so when an airplane piloted by elias santos crashes one week before their wedding day cohen caraway loses the man he loves and the illusion of happiness he worked so hard to create the only thing Elias leaves behind is a recording of his final words. And even Cohen is baffled by the cryptic message. Numb with grief, he takes refuge on the Mexican island that was meant to host their wedding. But as fragments of the past come to the surface in the aftermath of the tragedy, Cohen is forced to question everything he thought he knew about Elias and their life to get together. Beneath his flawed memory lies the truth about Elias and himself. Yes. I saw this when you put it on the list and I was like, and I added it to my TBR list. I was like, oh, this sounds incredible. Yep. So good. Yeah. Uh, my next one is Nights When Nothing Happened by Simon Han. Uh, this is a story of the Changs who live um, kind of the so-called there, if you were to look at them, they're the quote unquote model immigrants. Um, Patty Chang lands a tech job near Dallas and uh, she... And Liang, um, her partner, becomes secure enough to, to have a second child. And they also send for their first child who were who was living with their grandparents back in China. Um, so they bring everyone here to America. And this was kind of like what they thought that they were working so hard for. And then what ends up happening is one of their children, Annabelle, begins to sleepwalk. And like what that sets off a whole string of misunderstandings that threaten um, to kind of set their community against them, but also unlocks a bunch of secrets that occurred in their family and um it's a really um interesting look at you know how our pasts define who can can define who we are but also don't have to and also relationships between parents and children and then of course also 
um, the understanding of a life of immigrants living in America and how they are perceived by their uh, community and the society. So that's Nights When Nothing Happened by Simon Han. My next one is A Good Family by A.H. Kim. So I'm going to read um, Lisa Ling had provided a blurb for this and it's a story of money family who you can trust and the extremes to which one will go for blood that sounds right yes so um this is about a story of the men lindstroms they are an all-american family as it implodes under the weight of secrets lies and unchecked desire for wealth and power so there is beth (laughs) she is a pharmaceutical giant And, um, she has this like outrageous salary and the lifestyle to prove it until she lands in jail for white collar crime. Then there is her husband, Sam. He used to be the town's most eligible bachelor, and he's never had to do anything for himself until his wife goes to jail and he is left to raise his two daughters. (laughs) Lise is the au pair and she is the whistleblower, but is she, everyone knows she's not clever enough to have done it alone. So then Sam's sister Hannah is devoted to her family and there is nothing she wouldn't do for them. Then there's Beth's sister, Eva. She is the smart one. Read, not the pretty one. That is not my commentary. That is in the description. (laughs) Wild if that was you all of a sudden (laughs) saying that. Her life seems perfect on the surface, but sibling rivalry runs deep. And then there's Martin, Beth's brother. He is the firstborn, the former golden boy turned inside the Beltway businessman. But what is he hiding? So someone knows something. And the question is, who betrayed Beth to get her in um, jail for her white collar crime? I dare. Yeah. What's not to love about this? There's so much going on here that I make so that I love. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. What was the name of that one? Just in case people missed it. A Good Family by A.H. Kim. Okay. My next one is another one that we talked about last year. In fact, the author was on the podcast and become kind of a Twitter buddy of mine now. Uh, The Return by Rachel Harrison. Um, Another creepy book. Um, Another wonderful person who I couldn't believe wrote this extremely creepy book. Uh, The Return is all about a group of friends. Um, They reunite after one of them returned from a mysterious two-year disappearance. Uh, Julie is missing. No one thinks that she's ever going to return except Elise, who is their friend. Uh, Elise knows Julie better than anyone and feels it basically like she's like, no, she's going to come back. I know it's going to happen. Um, and then she ends up being right. Two years to the day that Julie went missing, she appears like with no memory of where she was or what happened. <clears throat> um, set that plot device aside because obviously there'd be so much therapy and stuff going on that would probably help her but that's not important in the story what ends up happening is the two of them and their friends molly and may who are close friends from college uh they decide to reunite at obviously a remote inn where no one has access to them it makes all the sense in the world that you would go to a creepy remote inn. <laughs> and um the second elise sees julie she's like this is something something's wrong here um julie is emaciated and has really weird appetites and so as this weekend unfurls at this inn um it definitely becomes like you just can't deny anymore that Julie, like something is different and something is way off and they don't know what's going on. And if Julie is who she says she is, and it's so creepy and so dark and so fun, uh, so delightful. Um, and it's not only is it like a, a, a creepy horror, but it's also to a look at, um, I believe what Rachel told us was like 
college friendships and how you sort of lose touch with people that you went to high school with and then form these weird relationships in college. And then you kind of lose touch with them as well after you go away from college or maybe you don't and just really interesting stuff. So that's The Return by Rachel Harrison. So my last one is The Bone Shard Daughter by Andrea Stewart. This cover. That cover and that title. Yes. It's just all the, the packaging of this entire book is just amazing. So, um, also our friend, Emily Duncan, um, provided a blurb for this, which I will also read. So an emperor fights to reclaim her power and her place on the throne in this utterly absorbing fantasy tale of magic, mystery, and revolution. Um, So the emperor's reign has lasted for decades, his mastery of bone shard magic powering the animal-like constructs that maintain law and order. But now his life is failing and the revolution is sweeping across the empire's hands. Lynn is the emperor's daughter and spends her days trapped in a palace of locked doors and dark secrets. When her father refuses to recognize her as heir to the throne, she vows to prove her worth by mastering the forbidden art of bone shard magic yet such power carries a great cost and when the revolution reaches the gates of the palace lynn must decide how far she's willing to go to re- to claim her birthright and save her people and um again this is just the packaging the cover the title it's all perfect so good um speaking of emily I think it was Emily yesterday. I'm literally like scrolling as we speak through her Twitter to make sure it was her. Um, she, I think it was her. She tweeted, maybe it wasn't yesterday. Pretty sure it was Emily. And I'm sorry if it wasn't Emily. Um, a weird, creepy house that was that went up on like one of those weird. Um... Oh, my God. Was it the yes. Was it the house that looks perfectly normal from the outside? Yes. And then inside the one in Baltimore. Oh, yes. yeah. It's yeah. like it's like a um because Mallory O'Meara joked it was like it's like a goth person's like dream. It's like so wild. It's like there's like coffins and craziness going on. But there was a there like the thing that struck me the most that I actually told Emily this on Twitter. Uh, there's a basement that is fully carpeted with black carpet and completely empty and except for a wooden a black wooden door that goes outside and then just randomly two other chairs. Uh-huh. And it's just uh-huh. like oh yeah no so i saw it because um oh, so, yes um steve oh, i cannot remember his last name apology steve we've talked before i know you know i know who you are <laughs> <laughs> like inception oh god i feel so bad i've like okay steve Ammon down who um actually i interviewed him and talked to him um about he used to do the pop he used to work at the pop culture library at Bowling Green and he r- managed the romance collection. Fun conversation on perspectives on reading, just as a plug. Anyway, he posted this and he's like, there's very clearly some stuff that is usually in that bedroom that was removed for the photo shoot. And I'm like, I want to know what was in the basement that was removed yes. because that's creepier than the bedroom. <laughs> because like the bedroom stuff that was removed, I can probably guess what was there. Yeah. It's a bedroom. Mm-hmm. You see the rest of the house, he get a vibe, but yeah. like the basement, <laughs> what was in the basement that was removed? Duh. And then the backyard, it's like, first off, it's perfectly manicured, which is hilarious, which implies that they have like people that come over to do their landscaping. And in their backyard, there was like 
like it was like a cemetery kind of a vibe, like a fake, clearly oh, fake yeah. like, Halloween uh-huh. cemetery. Like I'm just thinking about the people who come to like either clean that house or do their their landscaping. Like just imagine their conversations. It's like, yeah, it's Thursday morning, man. I gotta go over and do the creepy cemetery house real quick. Like, what a buck wild house. Ugh. Yeah, I'll- there's like a shed in the back. I think that's marked as a crypt. Um yeah. It's, uh, I will, um, guys, I will put a link in it just so you can look at it. Like there's a whole, like this person is committed to their theme and I got to respect it. And then you just have like random Raiders football stuff as well. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot about the Raiders football stuff. (laughs) Like that basement though, like that basement, there was, there was something happening in that basement. There was stuff in that basement. It's not there now. Yeah. When you think about the things they put, they removed from the photo. When they, when you think about the things they left in the photos from the upstairs, like this yes. is fine. Clearly, yes. they were like, "This is not fine." And I have questions about what is not fine. Yeah, and then somebody I was following, they're like, and then there's just like a random cooler in the backyard. It's like a normal, yeah. totally normal cooler. I mean, what this is, is the- like clearly a back, like this is a backyard where they have they entertain in that backyard. There's a nice yeah. fire pit. I mean, they hang out. They hang out. They hang out in that backyard. Yeah. But uh honestly it's a wild old house and looks totally normal from the front. Yeah, the most disturbing part is I don't know why there's carpet in the basement. That's wild. You're gonna get fl- what if it floods? Anyway, I'll put a link to this just absolute bananas house. Um, my last book is The Truants by Kate Weinberg, left turn. Um I talked about this, I think, a couple of times last year, but it's delightful because as longtime listeners know, I love an Agatha Christie style book. And this is like a mix of Agatha Christie and the secret history. Um, it's just delightful. It's There's a character named Jess Walker who um, came to a concrete campus under the flat gray skies of East Anglia for one reason, to be taught by the mesmerizing and rebellious Dr. Clay, whose seminars soon transformed Jess's thinking on life, love, and Agatha Christie. Um, so what ends up happening is Jess is in this class all about Agatha Christie and then a, wouldn't you know it, an Agatha Christie style uh, murder mystery ends up happening. And then it's kind of like this dueling conversation of reflecting on Agatha Christie stuff while also having an Agatha Christie uh, situation going on that you're trying to discover. So it's really fun if you're a fan of like murder mysteries and specifically the Agatha Christie style. This is really great. Um, so like, because, and I'm just going to take one more time to dunk on it because people seem to love and make fun of books. If you didn't like the guest list by Lucy Foley, which, which I didn't I've talked about in the past, read this instead. Way better. The Truants by Kate Weinberg. Um, yeah. So that's, those are our 2020 um, debuts that we enjoyed. wanted to shine a light on. Um, shoot us an email if you want some more. There's also a lot of, in addition to Libby being updated, next week, Big Library kicks off. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, it kicks off on Monday, which is April 5th, I believe. Look at my calendar. Yep, April 5th, Monday. Um, it's called the, uh, the, so if you go to biglibrary.com, you'll get more information. But basically, if you have never heard us talk about it, Big Library is a global digital book club. So if you go to Libby and you go to your library, you'll see The Art of Taking It Easy by Dr. Brian King there from April 5th through April 19th. It'll be front and center. You can't miss it. You can borrow it without any wait lists or holds. You can enjoy it. You can go to biglibrary.com and join the discussion board. And you'll be able to register for a live event with us via Zoom. We're going to have some fun asking a whole bunch of questions to Dr. King. And we'll also um, have some time for audience questions. 
if you are, remember, last time we did this was with Ryan Lasala. I can neither confirm nor deny that Dr. King is going to put on his own makeup and uh, fancy clothes while he talks to us. I would guess not. But hey, that's why you tune in. You never know. So um, anything else that I missed? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Okay. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard note.